Good morning, happy Sabbath. It's always wonderful to see everybody here on Sabbath, the new and the visitors, those who are new, and those who I've seen before, are all friends, everybody that's in the family of God. And uh, thank you, Stephen, for reading the scripture. Galatians 4.4 4 tells us, When the fullness of time had come, God sent his Son. We all know that God's Son is Jesus. I picked that picture to have on the screen because that says it all. That's the baby Jesus. There's the star, star of David, the star that led the, the shepherds, the magi, to the place in Bethlehem where Jesus Christ was born. We're all so thankful for that day, for that morning, for that holy, holy night. Look at that baby Jesus. He's our Savior. He's our Redeemer. There we go. I got it. Okay. All right. This picture is the picture of a baby, our Jesus, our creator, our savior, our deliverer. What did I do? Go too far. Oh, here we go. get used to this clicker here. The Archangel Gabriel visited Mary. I don't know if it was in the evening. It doesn't matter. But then Luke 1.26 tells us that in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And the angel Gabriel said that you are going to have a visit by the Holy Spirit. And you will be with child. And she says, really? Can you imagine if you were told that? Because I think she knew enough that uh, it just doesn't happen that way. How can she have a baby when there is not a father. And when Joseph found out, he was like, okay, Mary, what have you been up to? What have you been up to? So an angel had to go and speak with Joseph before he could get on board.
They had a long trip ahead of them. Oh, that goes fast. What? That one, yeah. Okay. They had to travel from Nazareth all the way to Bethlehem. Do you know how far that is? It's about 85 to 90 miles. And they were walking, hiking. I hope that Joseph had a walking stick. Mary was on the donkey. And it was not an easy travel. It was kind of hard. Luke 2, verse 1 and I think it's four and five, it says, in those days Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and the line of David. That's why sometimes we hear that Jesus is the son of David. And verse 5, he went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. I don't know how many have gone on a walkabout of 85 miles. I know I haven't. I think the most I've gone on was a, a hiking trip in the mountains with my brothers and I think it was all of maybe 10, 15 miles. And we had a, a trail that we followed. You know, Mary and Joseph had to go up because there was elevation and down. And it was rocky. And it wasn't that easy a trip. But they soon arrived. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem. You know, I did some research on their journey and who it was that journeyed. There were three Magi who are named in history. There may have been more, but for the Bible, uh, it says that there were Three, three magi. And they traveled by night because they could only follow the stars and the star at night. You know, they were all, I, I want to say, the first astronomers. They studied the stars. They studied the Bible, too, to find out what the prophets said about the Messiah, about the Deliverer. So they may have known more. They were wise men. That's what magi means. And they had to travel a great distance. One of them 
had to travel from Persia. Persia is part of the Mesopotamian, um, where the early civilization happened. You might think of Persia as parts of Iran and Iraq, and a big city is Baghdad, and they had to travel hundreds of miles, at least one of the Magi. His name was Melchior, came from Persia. And the next Magi came from the country of India, Gaspar. India is probably a couple thousand or more, depending on where in India you leave. If you look at the, uh, the globe, that's a long, long way. And it must have taken months, I'm guessing. And so Gaspar, he's on his way. Another one, Baltazar, he was coming from Arabia. Arabia is a long distance as well. And Saudi Arabia is a very, very large territory, large area. I think maybe even farther south than parts of Africa. So that's a great distance. I don't know how many miles, let's say a thousand. Let's say the one coming from Persia, seven, eight hundred. But they were excited. They knew that star was going to take them where they needed to be. In fact, they knew that they were going to someplace in Judea, but they weren't certain where in Judea. So there's the three magi. Now I'm thinking they're following the same star and the Holy Spirit led them so that they were together like you see on the screen. They wanted to find this Savior, this Redeemer. They wanted to find Jesus. On their way, they stopped off in Jerusalem, the palace of King Herod. And King Herod was interested, but we know that King Herod in the story wanted to kill all the male children from birth to age two. He didn't want this deliverer to basically come in conflict with his plans. You see, he did not believe in the scriptures because had he believed he would have known that from Scripture there are writers that mention that Jesus Christ was coming as a baby, as a Messiah. And you know, some of these writers, I'm thinking, were Daniel, you know, he has that timeline and he writes, and we'll learn more about that as we study Daniel. Also, there's Isaiah. Isaiah, in many places, wrote about the coming of the Messiah. Also, a minor prophet. His name is Micah. I think we're all pretty familiar with Micah. Especially in our bulletin, I think we have a text that's quoted. And so they're there in front of King Herod, and Herod says, why don't you go down to Bethlehem, I guess Herod knew, and seek 
the Messiah. And when you find him, come back up here and tell me where he is. You know, Herod's, his, his plans were to go down there and have Jesus killed. I can't even imagine, I can't even think, wrap my mind about what Herod was going to do. He wanted to destroy our Savior, the Savior of mankind. I think that that's a terrible, terrible thing to do. Very terrible. So they're on their way. They had to travel farther than anyone has ever traveled, really, to find and search and look. That's an example to us that we need to be willing to read and study and go to the most distant place to find the baby Jesus, to find the Messiah. There's a picture there of Mary and Joseph. They have arrived. But first things first, they had to go fill out paperwork or sign in the census. You know, that gave the opportunity for Rome to tax the people. We know what census, we know what that does. It counts everybody. And here in Bethlehem, all of the people that were from Bethlehem, that included Jesus, and it included Mary and Joseph, because there were descendants through Jesus from King David. And we know that they had some, some place to stay. They had to have that place to stay. And in this text, it says, The time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in clothes, or swaddling clothes, and placed him in a manger. Now, it's funny in research that a manger where they put the baby Jesus, there's some irony in all of this, that that is where they placed the unblemished lamb before the slaughter for the sacrifice. You see the irony in that? Here they've laid Jesus. And I think this was to fulfill part of the prophecy. They put him in a manger, and they did really the same thing they do with an unblemished lamb, a little lamb. They wrapped him in these swaddling clothes. Yes, Jesus is our Savior. Yes, he died for us. Now the next group were, were shepherds.
There were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. What would you think if you were maybe sleeping with the sheep, and a very bright light awakened you? You would be scared, you'd be terrified. You would be thinking, oh no, what's coming down from the sky to hurt us or worse? But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. Those words ring like the Savior's words. Let not your heart be troubled, neither be afraid. It says, I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, in Bethlehem, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord, Jesus Christ. Christ means Savior. Christ means Deliverer, the healer of our sick and sinful lives. I want to turn to Luke 2 and take a look at the, some of the scripture there that I just read. A lot of people enjoy reading this around Christmas time. And we know it very well. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, or shone round about them, and they were terrified. You know, it must have been near like daylight shining onto the shepherds and their sheep. The angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. For today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you as you go see him. He will be wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And then suddenly joining the angel was a company host of angels, and they were singing. They were singing, praising God. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men, and a goodwill or favor on all. You know, that song is a song of grace, for it was the beginning of God sending his son to die for us, to be our Messiah, our Savior, and our Deliverer. I really enjoy that text and to study it during the Christmas time, reminding us. And I think of this, the song that the angels sang, when we sing, like we sang just now, and we're going to be singing again next week on Christmas Day. 
We need sometimes to think about the shepherds and how an angel appeared to them. How would we feel? I'm sure that once we got the good news, we'd be happy. Luke 2.15 tells us, and you all recognize this picture. It's a picture of Mary and Joseph and the baby and lying in the manger. And there are shepherds surrounding with their sheep. It did not take them long because they ran. And their distance was very short. So when the angels had left them, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. For them to say that, they must have believed. For them to go there in such a rush, they must have believed. And so they hurried off and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. Many of us put a decoration in the house to remind us. We call it the nativity reminding us that that was and is, he is, why we celebrate Christmas. Something that happened so long ago and yet means so much to all of us. Now we have the three magi. Melchior, Gaspar, and Balthazar. They've come from foreign lands to see this Redeemer, this Messiah, this King, this Christ. Matthew 2, 9 and 10 and 11 tells us, After they'd heard the King, they went on their way, and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. That star was the guiding light that guided them all the way from India, from Baghdad, Iraq, Persia, and from Saudi Arabia. That star led them all the way to that little stable. And yes, it was a stable, whether it be a carve out in a cave or a little little whatever put together, I can hardly call it a building, but a, a part of, like a barn or something for the animals. And you know it was cold. And you know why they were there? There was no place for them to stay because all the rooms were full because of the census. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Isn't that an example to us as well? If three magi coming from such a great distance would bow down and recognize the baby, the baby Jesus as the Savior, I think it should really want us to pray and thank God for such a wonderful gift. They opened their treasures and they presented him with gifts 
They traveled all this distance bringing gifts. And we know these gifts, and those gifts are valuable gifts. After all, when we give to Jesus, we should give our very best, whether it's money or whether it's our talent that we've been given. Gold. You know, an ounce of gold today is over 1,800. You imagine if they brought in a box or of a pound of gold, what that be worth today? Or even larger, big uh, bullion. They brought frankincense and myrrh. Frankincense is like an incense that is burned. And myrrh is like a perfume. It might be an oil that's concentrated and smells so good. Now, I wanted to speak on those, those gifts from the Magi. Gold is what you give to a king. Did they recognize Jesus as the king? He's our king. He's the king of all kings. He's the almighty You know, Isaiah writes it very well in such a few words. Isaiah 9, verse 6. Here's a prophet, prophet of God. He's telling us of a Savior who is Christ. Isaiah 9, 6 tells us, For to us a child is born, To us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. You know, he builds up every government, and he tears it down for a purpose, for a reason. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God. I like to add a little bit to that, Almighty God, because this is what he is. He's Almighty He's the everlasting Father. He's the Prince of Peace. And I want to add this. He's ours. He's our Messiah. We can never thank him too much for that. I don't know how this Magi realized. Maybe the Holy Spirit spoke to his heart. Maybe the Holy Spirit spoke to Melchior that morning, that night. Looks like it's nighttime there. How he knew that the gold is for the king. You remember the Bible, the Old Testament? We read in 2 Kings, 1 Kings, Chronicles, about a king of Israel that had more gold than anybody. Period. Solomon, they brought him gold. That was the gift for a king. So this gift was very appropriate. Now there's frankincense. Gaspar, coming from India, he brought a gift of frankincense. And this gift is a gift For our Father in heaven. You know in the Old Testament, in that mobile uh, sanctuary, they burned incense. And it was pleasing to God. 
This frankincense represents the pleasing burnt offering of an incense. I know we've smelled incense. It's got a very good aroma. And it just keeps going, going, going. What a wonderful gift for Jesus, our Savior. And then the third Magi, Baltazar, coming from Arabia, he brought the gift of myrrh. Myrrh is a perfume. I'm thinking the same or near the same perfume. This also smells good. And you put it on. Some people put it on to smell good. Some people put it on somebody that has passed away as an embalming fluid. Baltazar, I don't know if he realized, but this gift of a savior who would die one day and be embalmed with myrrh. This is all prophetic. And it's amazing that the Magi knew what gifts to, to give. And they're all appropriate in their own right. They're all appropriate. I always love to hear the story. We Some call it the birth of Jesus. I like that. The, uh, it's about the, the Messiah who was coming. Some call it the nativity. And here in this picture, we have some gift giving. I also see some sheep there, so I think that there were, there were also shepherds. And some of them, they got down on their knees and they worshiped. They worshiped the baby. Who do we worship today? We worship the King of Kings, the Almighty God, our Savior, who died for us, who right now is fighting on our behalf as an attorney to save our souls in the most holy place in heaven, in the sanctuary. How much love is that? You know, there's no greater love than that. It says in the Bible, John 15, then to lay down your life for a friend. And in the same chapter that John wrote, it says, Jesus speaking to the disciples, I call you friend. You're not my servant, you're my friend. My friend knows my plans. And he told them of his plans and they didn't understand. I like the words of Isaiah. I'm not sure what my favorite is. I like the one about wonderful, wonderful counselor. A counselor is a teacher in the way you should live, in the way you should live. What better person than Jesus? And the almighty God. Is there anything that God cannot do? I will tell you this. God can do all things. And Paul tells us we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. He gives us that. He gives us that gift. He's everlasting. 
And you know in this world today when there's war, rumors of war, even Jesus said there's going to be wars, rumors of wars. But we know the Prince of Peace. We know the Prince. We know the Almighty God. What a wonderful Christmas story we have today. What a wonderful Christmas story. You ever thought about the gifts that we give to God? When we give him what we have, and when we give him the gifts of money, which is gold, we give him the other gifts, which can be the gifts of sharing the gospel with others. You know the minor prophet I spoke about earlier? Micah? Micah's words are here in our bulletin. He has shown you, O man, what is good. What does Yahweh require of you but to act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God? There was a prophecy by Micah foretelling the birth of Christ. Micah 5 and verse 2. It's always amazing knowing that there were prophets of God that predicted the coming of a Savior. Almost there. It's a very short text. I should have put a marker there. Not that hard to find. Well, Micah 5 2. He talks about a name for Bethlehem um, that we probably don't recognize. Here we go. Okay. Micah 5.2. He's predicting, prophesying the birth of Jesus. But you, Bethlehem, Ephrathah, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from of old and from ancient times. This is the prophet. This is the prophet telling us about a coming Messiah. Now, I I won't be reading a text, but there was another one. He wasn't prophesying, but he was proclaiming. He was a voice in the wilderness saying, the Messiah is at hand, and he baptized many. That was his cousin, Jesus' cousin, John the Baptist. John the Baptist. 
Today we worship a risen Savior. And it says in Galatians 4, 4, when the fullness of time had come, God sent his Son. During this season of celebration, we celebrate Christmas. Is our celebration Christ-centered? We should remember the reason we celebrate. You know, it's fine to give gifts. The three magi gave gifts to our Savior. It's okay to have a party. You know, in the Old Testament, it mentions that Jesus is looking forward to singing and having a party in heaven. Yes, he will sing. I look forward to hearing his voice singing. We worship the Messiah, the Jesus Christ, the Holy One, the King, one who died for us. So let's remember that when we celebrate Christmas, what's left of the month of December. You know, December 25 is not really the date that Jesus was born. Some say it was in the fall. Some say it was in the spring. But it doesn't really matter. We know that Jesus was born. We sing it in our Christmas carol, Christ the Savior was born. Long, long ago, over 2,000 years in fact, the fullness of time had arrived. A wonderful, wonderful, great event took place. And it was in a little town of Bethlehem. Bethlehem today has industry, buildings. You would not recognize it from 2,000 years ago because it's industrialized. There in Israel, there in Bethlehem. It even has a different name. People there may not even recognize that name. But it was the one of the greatest this world has ever received, ever had, since creation and before when God, the Godhead, had the plan of salvation in, in at hand. And that was the best plan because God knew that the first plan would be interrupted by Satan, as we all know. But this plan of redemption is fulfilled in Christ. Our Messiah was born in the city of his father David. You know, it is said about David that he's a man after God's own heart. That's David. King David. Christ was born without any fanfare. Only shepherds and magi visited Jesus while the rest of the world went on doing whatever they did at that time of the year or any day. You know, pomp and circumstance is something that you read about or see about, and it's about some other um, institution on earth that we're well aware of that I won't name. We know that the Old Testament's believe, uh, the Old Testament prophets believed. They believed not only in Jesus coming in the first advent, but some of them were shown in vision that he's coming again. I believe John the Revelator, he saw in vision. I believe Moses saw in vision Jesus coming again. So shouldn't we believe when it says so in the Bible? 
The Bible says it, God said it, and that's it. We believe it. And so as we, as we worship and as we celebrate, let's remember what happened 2,000 years ago. 2,000 years ago. Now, I mentioned the great event at Bethlehem 2,000 years ago, but we all know that the greatest event in human history is still yet to come, and that is when Jesus comes to save those that are believers in his saving grace. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, today we worship a Savior that is alive, alive because we believe. We believe what we've been told. We believe the Bible. We worship a Savior that did everything and gave everything for us. There's no greater friend. There's no greater gift giver than Jesus. And this all began 2,000 years ago. And one day soon, Jesus will come again. And we look forward to the greatest day ever on this earth. These things we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.